When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's another Sunday edition of the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. Justin Cuthbert and Julian McKenzie. And Julian, this is a busy sports stretch i mean we just had u.s thanksgiving so football all day your alouettes in the east semifinal. yes 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 we got we got hurricanes and capitals that's a huge game in the nhl today at 1 p.m but the biggest game for you and i chelsea manchester united kicking off in about a half hour so obviously the game will already be in the past for anyone listening but uh if this one's a little short it's probably because we're both itching to get in front of our TVs and watch that one. Oh, absolutely. I, I have the iPad ready. I'm going to have the zone on the TV coming up. Like I'm, I'm ready for all the sports content. I'm ready for all this, especially for, I mean, I know it, it hasn't been that great for United this year, but in the respect of the Cuthbert McKenzie Derby here, like, you know, I'm, I'm repping my squad today. Absolutely. Like you're, right. you guys are going down. I don't care if we're probably going to lose or you're still going down. I don't care. Well, I don't like how it's, it's the first game with a, Schultz Solskjaer, I can't say that. Yeah, for the life of old Gunnar Sol- Ole, Ole's it's no longer fir- at the wheel. Yeah, first game without Ole, and I don't like like you get that post coaching change bump. So I feel like Chelsea's getting Man U at the wrong time this weekend. <laughs> but I don't know, but I mean, we got Chelsea's a PBR right. on it. Yeah, I'm making the oh. rules. We got a PBR on it. First, first beer next time we see each other is on the loser of this Bet. game. I have a random question for you. Sure, because the Toronto Maple Leafs didn't play. On Saturday, they play. They don't play on Saturday like once a year, maybe once or twice a year. And it's very weird for me. I'm living in Toronto, and you just get used to that game. Is that weird for someone? Much like, are you used to the Maple Leafs at 7 p.m.? Or I know there's like alternate games, like the Canadians play a lot at 7 p.m. on Saturdays as well, and you would watch that game. But is it like strange that the Leafs are not playing on seven o'clock on a Saturday for someone in Montreal or in a different part of the country? So. I guess now, like, I don't think about it as much, but like once upon a time living in Montreal, where at least in my case, I think for a lot of people now, we're watching games as it is now, not nearly as accessible as it was. If there was a moment where like the Leafs weren't playing on a Saturday, but the Canadians were, a lot of Anglo Montrealers would be ecstatic at that. Because if you're an Anglo Montrealer and you weren't interested in watching the Canadians in French on, on Radio Canada or LDS or whoever had the rights at the time, you were watching on CBC, but the CBC was mainly going to air probably what the Senators or the Leafs. So right. you were kind of at the mercy. I remember like older people, like 
over like 15 years ago complaining about that all the time. Why won't the CBC Arab or Canadians games? Why won't, why as, as Anglo Montrealers, can we not watch the Canadians play? So if you had asked me this question in like 2003, I probably would have been like, oh my God, yes, finally I can watch the Canadians in English as opposed to now where it's like, okay, they're not playing. I'll just watch something else. I don't know. Oh, I was going to watch the Canadians anyway, if anything, in my case anyway. And like Sid versus the Montreal Canadiens is like that's the sort of game that would take precedent over not that it would take precedent over Leaf game like the Leaf game's always at seven, but they would fill it with you know Crosby going to Montreal or whatever in that one time the Leafs wouldn't play on Saturday. So that's I mean that's interesting. It's it's weird, but like things have changed so much that you have like three or four options for your for your game on Saturday because you got the Sens and the Habs and maybe even the Jets like. It just seems like things are a little bit better now, but you're right. About 15 years ago, I feel like you guys would have been stuck. Oh, yeah. They definitely – it would have been like – I mean, I could see the people writing to the Montreal Gazette now being like, how dare the CPC (laughs) make the Toronto Maple Leafs the team? Back in my day, the Canadians were the team. Just these old angry boomers and whatever. Also, another matchup we didn't even mention, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers, which should have been way more. The the 7 p.m. game on a Saturday. That should be the the nightcap, but whatever. Yeah, like like, I should have been in a situation where I watched the Canadians and the Penguins and then watch Vegas go up against Edmonton. That should be the prime time game. And then like whoever, I guess what, I don't know, maybe what, like uh, McDavid or whoever you want from the Oilers ends up with the towel from the Hockey Night in Canada for after hours. Like who knows? Instead, we got Calgary Winnipeg, which was a good game as well. So, uh, you know, I, I don't mind spread the ball around. It was nice seeing the Oilers in prime time. Nice seeing a good Western Canadian matchup with Winnipeg and Calgary. All good. If you want to free up my Saturday a little bit more, NHL schedule makers, go for it. I love that. Please do. Uh, leave it to the Toronto guy, though, to lead with a Toronto idea or not even a story, just a Toronto <laughs> idea. Always about when Montreal the <laughs> is burning, at least in their management team. Uh, we have big, big news. It's like going on right now. This might be dated within a second, but right now we should break down what's happening with the Habs. And I'm glad you are here to do just that. It could be your busiest week of the entire year, (laughs) Julian, because I don't think Montreal is going to the postseason. But this is when the news is happening because we have a lot of movement within the front office. And it seems as though Jeff Gordon, formerly of the New York Rangers, in their expedited rebuild is going to be coming to Montreal to, you know, probably captain this ship. Let's be honest. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there's always a, talk in Montreal about having a uh, French-speaking general manager, and that's probably still the mandate and will be the mandate. But that person who speaks both languages and is front-facing is going to be working for Jeff Gordon, at least it seems. So there's a lot I really need to unpack for this topic here. And the way that you characterize Jeff Gordon here, as of now, we do not know what role it could be. It looks as if it could be. A lot of people are, are, are projecting that it could be president of hockey operations, which is a whole thing in itself. But the way that you presented Jeff Gordon basically speaks to this one theory that I have about this whole thing, whether or not the new GM, because at this point it feels like an open secret, but it looks very likely that Mark Bergevin will not be back with the Montreal Canadiens and he'll be replaced by a French language, French speaking general manager. A lot of people have put out Mathieu Darche's name out there. Martin Madden, who works for the Anaheim Ducks and is a Quebec City native, has also been trumpeted out there. Also, mm-hmm. small side note, 
I don't know about you, but when I watched Saturday headlines and Jeff Merrick said that uh, Patrick Waugh had not been contacted by the Canadians, I let out a good belly laugh because as far <laughs> as I'm concerned, I don't think Patrick Waugh is a genuine serious candidate at all. So I'm just going to take it with a great assault that Jeff Merrick was actually trying to be funny on the segment and not necessarily trying to be informative. But the idea that I'm thinking is, is that a lot of people in Montreal have, have made it the thing where someone in that managerial position as GM has to be a French speaking person. And it could, and it makes sense considering the market that you're in, considering the media that you're going to have to deal with, even the fans too, that representation needs to be there. Uh, and I don't like the fact that it's a point of contention. I prefer to see it as, as an asset. It's, it's, it should be great to learn more than one language. So to have that person there, fine. The one thing I, I kind of fear in what's going on with if, if Jeff Gordon is supposed to be the guy above the new general manager is that people are just going to see it as like, oh, well, Jeff Gordon's the guy running the show, right. not the GM, not that guy. And someone else will even throw in the fact that, oh, well, this is just a way for Jeff Molson, the owner of the Montreal Canadiens, to get out of, you know, well, fine, if I can't have a GM uh, as just anybody, let my president of hockey operations, my Brendan Shanahan type, be the guy who I need to be free of any type of any language restrictions or anything like that. And I just wonder how that dynamic will play out in that market. It's a weird thing to kind of nitpick on. But I, that's the, the fact that you presented it in that way, just that just kind of speaks to my point about the fact that I think a lot of people are just going to see Jeff Gordon as the guy running the show and not the general manager as much, which to whoever is going to come in as a first time GM, it might be a blessing. But I feel that there are other people who might see it as like, hmm, this is a really interesting dynamic that Jeff Gordon is the guy being looked at here and not the new guy. OK, so you said that the topic or the idea of having a president of hockey operations was a story unto itself that's because jeff molson was and has been resistant to that idea so is this only happening because faith has been lost lost in mark bergevin plus he's at the end of the road at least it seems anyway and there isn't a suitable candidate to be the catch-all for the montreal canadians being a someone that molson trusts to make every decision for this team but also to speak both languages and to do everything that the job entails is he just basically resigned to the fact jeff molson that they needs that they can't find exactly what they need so creating this position finally and something he didn't want to do before is the way that they're going to get around this i'm willing to subscribe that it's at least part of the theory but i'm also more enamored with the fact that jeff molson is just trying out this new managerial style I'm going to read out a quote that uh, he said when he was asked about the idea of even having a president of hockey operations, I think about like three years ago, I have no intention to hire another president of hockey. There are very few teams across the NHL that do so. And there are a lot of reasons why Mark Bergevin is one of the most respected GMs in hockey is also now among the most experienced and he will continue to report to me. He's very well surrounded by people with a lot of experience, including without naming everyone, people like Scott Mellenby, Martin LaPointe, John Sedgwick. And I won't finish the rest of that quote, but the point is, is that Mark Bergevin was in a situation where, yes, he had a lot of hockey men around him who he could lean on for experience, but Jeff Molson was going to be that guy who's going to, you know, his direct rapport for Mark Bergevin. And I think, especially in the way that Jeff Molson has kind of handled things in the last few months, I'm not sure if Jeff Molson feels he wants to be that person anymore. One story that keeps being brought up around uh, us Montreal media types 
is immediate availability, especially now with the Canadians being in free fall mode as they've been. And that's pretty much been the case since the Logan Mayu debacle as it was. The same debacle where Jeff Molson decided to handpick members from the media, not necessarily make it an open thing to everybody. He handpicked people from select publications where publication, other publications like Radio Canada, the CBC, TSN 69 and Montreal Gazette were not in his press conference to talk about everything that unfolded another media availability that happened months later where it was more of a community thing where he went further out east in quebec to unveil a community rink they didn't even mention jeff molson in the presser and all of a sudden he shows up there those are two very specific things on top of the fact that people are calling for him to say hey what are you going to do with this team being as it is mark bergevin is he going to come back a lot of questions being swirled and i wonder if after as a result of everything that's gone on the last few months jeff molson has finally realized hey you know what maybe it works better for me to have a president of hockey operations who can field that sort of stuff as opposed to me being the guy in the spotlight or people calling for that's also another reason why i think that this position is being in there because this was something he had no interest in even filling how many years ago despite the fact that so many fans were crying for this and now uh, the Canadians being in the position that they're in right now, it feels a little bit more convenient for him to have that position. So it's a combination, I think, of trying to get around some of the unofficial laws of the land when it comes to language restrictions and all that restrictions and air quotes. But also this is a way for Jeff Bolson to say, hey, you know what, maybe I don't need to be the guy the GM reports to have some other hockey person be in that be in that position and i guess if you want to go on the route that says this is a little bit convenient for jeff molson as well i'm not going to stop you from suggesting that so another byproduct of this um situation and jeff molson's decision to create a position and likely move on from mark bergevin is that scott mellenby who has been with the organization since bergevin came in i believe it was 2012 yes um decided to resign uh i guess there was the recommendation that he should be the next GM or he should be promoted in the next regime. And clearly with the news about Gordon, um, he didn't fit into the puzzle. Now there is a couple reasons for that. I guess Scott Mellonby does not speak adequate French. He was not a candidate, at least in Jeff Molson's eyes to run the show from a senior position or at least a senior position compared to the general manager. But why doesn't he fit in this puzzle anymore? Do you think? And if he just started learning French, I mean, maybe he has, but if he, when he came to Montreal in 2012 and took Rosetta Stone and was fully, you know, uh, what's the word? Fully uh, uh, indoctrinated? No, what's the word when you're fluent? Fluent. If he's yeah, fully fluent, fluent. There we go. That's the yes. double F messed me up there. If he was fluent, he might be fluent. I'm not fluent, but if he's fluent in French, I'm not fluent in English. If he's not fluent in English, or if he was fluent in French, would he be the guy? I have a question. Do you know where Scott Mellenby was born? I have no idea. Montreal. So what's the problem then? He's got to know. That's what some I want to know. That's he's got to be able to that's my, answer questions to in French. If you months. if you've worked in a I mean, I'm, they probably speak, speak English all the time in management because there are people who don't speak French there. But if you you were born there, you've worked there for the last decade, I feel like you could manage if you if you really wanted to. to. And we don't know that. I don't know what his talent is in, in, two, in two different languages. But 
like it feels like if they really wanted him and maybe that's just the crux of it they just didn't want him to be the guy but yeah, probably he should have been able to put himself in that position to be that guy no that's 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 dude this is what i've been thinking for pretty much since talk began about bark bergevin leaving the organization and people started throwing out all these different candidates like darshan Madden and all that even patrick Waugh. and i'm like but scott Mellenby was born in montreal why can't he be the guy and in talking to other people in the know as you brought up it, his french apparently is not adequate enough to be able to handle interviews but you also bring up a really good point Look, I'm, I'm an Anglo-Montrealer, and I, yes, I went to French immersion school and all that, so my French is, I think I could conduct myself if I was being interviewed for anything. Maybe I need a little bit more help, but I think mm-hmm. I'd be able to do it. But, like, I, I find it so hard whenever you find people who live in Montreal, were born in Montreal, and you don't know a lick of French. You don't know a lick of French by accident. Did you hear that story of that Air Canada CEO who was there in Montreal for, like, 20 years? He said, I didn't learn any French, and I found a way to make it work. Like, that doesn't make any sense that's a whole other issue in itself but still the fact that it, it's probably the idea that scott Mellenby just wasn't the guy the canadians wanted and to that effect maybe you could even see it as if scott Mellenby continues to work in the canadians organization maybe it's a continuation of the bergevin regime and maybe jeff molson just wanted to do away completely with yeah, that, that and just sense. start fresh with new candidates but also I'm, I'm i'm just as confused as some other people are i wonder if this guy genuinely wanted this job and did everything he could to learn the language and, and and be more comfortable in French. I still think he has to know some French, especially if he was born in Montreal. But then again, I don't know if he spent his entire childhood there. I don't know if he spent uh, maybe five years of his life in, in Montreal and then he moved or anything like that. I don't know. But I, I definitely think if you live in Montreal, and especially if you work for the Montreal Canadiens and you've been with the organization as long as you have, like, I don't think it hurts to, to pick up on some French. And if you think, hey, you know what? God forbid something happens to Mark Bergevin. Let me shore up on my French so that way uh, when the opportunity comes for me to get a job here, if it happens, I can be ready. That was the, What's the saying? Like, stay ready so you don't have to be ready? Like, exactly. I just think that's... Next a, man up. Next man that's up. That's it. That's, that's just something I would just do. That's Learn just the playbook. I Learn that. That's it. Yeah. It's just easy. But anyway. But like, I feel like that's it is such a big thing here because if he... If he did not learn the language and he wanted that job and he was being groomed for that job and he's just like, nah, I don't want to learn it. I'm not going to be fluent in French. It's never going to happen. Forget it. Take it or leave it. Then that's a mistake on his part. But if he really tried, he learned this language and he was being groomed and he was like all signs point to him getting the job. And then just like, nah, we don't want you, Gorton, and we're going to get a French speaking guy that's reason probably why he left in a huff the way Wait, he did I have, I have he resigned because he was angry i have another question mark bergevin recommended scott Mellenby. according that's what elliot friedman said right yeah yeah if mark bergevin who knows about the fact that you have to be french speaking to to work in the to be to work in a front-facing position for the montreal canadians like if he knows that and recommended scott Mellenby. Surely his French can't be that bad. I mean, that's the thing. Come on. Or Bergevin would just be like, he's he would be great for the job and it really doesn't matter. Like that's also you can get someone to help. You can get a translator, you can do whatever. That's it too. And I still think, and I still think, I don't think it's it shouldn't be above anything the Canadians to say, you know what, get the best possible general manager for the job. And if you really care that much about having someone speak in French 
uh, for media uh, availabilities, get an AGM who can do that. Like, I, I don't know. That's just how I feel. I think the Canadians in a situation with language, the fact that we're debating language in itself ultimately could very well be a moot point. But you could also make the argument that having language play a role in who the Canadians hire could easily be a moot point. I, again, I think that it's great to have bilingualism as a skill and for, uh, for you know, I, I think for anyone who would be interested in the Montreal Canadiens position as a GM it would be in their best interest to learn the French language so that way they're able to communicate. Well, there's nothing wrong with, with learning that language, but it is really interesting and really fascinating that when it comes to the Montreal Canadiens, they are the only, and I'm not even going to say like this, this deals for the Alouettes or, or even CF Montreal to a certain extent. They might be the only team in North American sports where language matters when it comes to who gets to be what head coach gm whatever that they might be the only organization in north america that has this thing here's the thing okay like maybe that's not the best way to go about business because you are limiting yourself in some regard but it's on you to find the talent that does fit the the class or category that you're choosing and there is 100% chance there are multiple, many, hundreds even, of French-speaking hockey people who could run a successful organization. So, you know, this this excuse that some people making, the organization's not making it, but some people make it for them, that there's just no candidates. Or the Julian Brisebois, he's the one, and he's got a job in Tampa Bay. No, there are other people. You've got to find them. What's that? He's the be- the the, the he, most he ironic is the best. thing. He's the proven, but there's got to be the it. next one. So go Here's get the him. Or the her. most ironic, the most ironic thing about all of this is that the best candidate to be GM of the Montreal Canadiens right now is a francophone guy, and he worked in the Canadiens organization, and he and just beat you in the go. Stanley Cup final. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny. You see how funny yeah. this discussion is. That's all I just wanted to say. It's it's wild. But there is a candidate out there, and they picked Gorton apparently. But there is a smart hockey person that can be, that can speak both languages and be the front-facing member of the managerial team. They just have to find that person. But it is Gorton for now, we believe. Um, and I think there's reason to be like, despite all this, like maybe there's a negative tint to what we're talking about here, or, or our outlook on the Montreal Canadiens. But this is probably a really good move. Jeff Gorton did a really nice job with the, with the New York Rangers. Um, he did some panelist work, which is not always a strong indicator, but very insightful what I heard from him. And mm-hmm. I feel like this is obviously someone who's going to interview well and has a track record of success from building, tearing and building a team back up. Now, he wasn't given the chance to see the entire thing through with New York, but I think... His recent resume is impressive and has to give you confidence that they've made a good decision here. If it is indeed him that is making calling all the shots and just not having to do media in two languages, I think Montreal has found a pretty worthy successor here for Mark Bergevin. I think that uh, one other thing, one other thing that uh, a lot of people like to point out about Jeff Gordon as well is his work with the Boston Bruins, getting guys like Brad Marchand. Uh, executing the Tuka Rask, Andrew Raycroft trade, uh, getting Phil Kessel as well. Like a lot of people are going so far back 
to point out the fact that he's the guy who essentially got a lot of those big pieces in Boston at where worked they it, are yeah. right now. Yeah, worked, worked in successful in organizations for sure. Absolutely. So yeah, this is a. I think a lot of people, especially with the Canadians, where they seem to have an issue when it comes to developing talent properly. A lot of people will be very ecstatic at the idea that a guy like Jeff Gordon will work in the organization. And that's what really should matter above anything else, whether it's to directly replace Bergevin or to be the guy essentially calling the shots above that general manager position. So, yeah, I, I think getting Jeff Gordon, who I'm still surprised the Rangers let him go the way that they did, but also James Dolan and impatience and working in New York maybe is the biggest reason why. But yeah, I, I from what I've seen of Jeff Gordon, and I too have seen him do his stuff on, on media panels. I think he was with the NHL Network during the draft, if I'm mistaken, yeah, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. He seems like a competent uh, executive and his track record shows that he has a nose for finding talent. And I think once he starts, if he starts doing that with the Montreal Canadiens, if that ends up happening, uh, yeah, I think the Canadiens will definitely benefit from a guy like him working in the organization he seems like he could be an ideal fit so if he is brought on let's say tomorrow monday morning there's a press conference gorton unveiled as the new president of hockey operations what does that mean for bergevin in that here and now and can they coexist if only temporarily while bergevin runs out the bergevin runs out the string on his current contract does Gorton's presence inside the organization, however imminently it might be, mean that the exit is shown to Bergevin before his contract winds up? Okay, two points. One, after all this language talk, I would love nothing more if Jeff Gordon is announced as president of hockey operations to start off his introductory press conference in French. Whoever he talks to, just he just shuts it down. To... He just oh, shuts yeah. down the room. That'd be hilarious. Uh, bonjour, uh, je m'appelle Jeff Gordon. <laughs> je travaille pour le Canadien de Montréal. C'est un honneur et un plaisir de travailler pour cette organisation. That's all you got to do. I'm going to laugh my ass off at that. Number two, um, Jeff Gordon, with, with regards to uh, Mark Bergevin, I would be very surprised, just personally, if Jeff Gordon came in and that meant nothing for Mark Bergevin in the mm -hmm. interim. Like that would just serve as an opportunity for Jeff Gordon to be like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to evaluate Mark Bergevin and let this play out until the end of the year. I think at this point, you might as well uh, just cut ties. Just say thanks for everything these last nine years. Start the process off in finding your guy. Or, hey, maybe in a really weird, elaborate way, maybe that's what's been happening all this time. Maybe they did, maybe maybe there was some recommendations for some other guys in the background. Who knows? I don't know. But I would be surprised if Jeff Gordon, uh, it's not, I guess it's not out of the ordinary if he decided to keep on Mark Bergevin. It would just kind of add some pressure. But I think just with everything kind of going on and the fact that Bergevin would not, has there's no deal in place right now and the money might be a thing i still think a, a question of of a change of scenery for bergman could still be something he might want as well genuinely but maybe money really is the biggest thing but i would be surprised if jeff gordon said you know what uh i'm just gonna keep mark bergman on for now i i think he would probably take the opportunity to hire somebody new like like why have Bergevin on the final year of his contract if you're not going to keep him to run trade deadline and everything pretty much up to the draft like it doesn't 
make any sense. I am curious if you'll go with Matthew Darsh or if you'll go with Martin Madden or if you'll go with somebody else. And I understand that by the time we're doing this, it's entirely possible they might make their decisions because it seems as if there are some admin decisions that could be made this weekend. But I think Jeff Gordon, my thinking is, is that he's going to go in with a blank slate and he's going to have the pick of the litter of what's out there uh, for his managerial staff. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, I mean, if they do it right, um, I don't I, I don't think they can coexist, right? Like Bergevin's not going to be a mouthpiece in terms of, you know, speaking to the media but carrying out a new person the new boss's agenda like that just that can't happen it's not going to work that way and he could execute trades on Gordon's behalf you know as we go down the stretch here and the Habs start to sell off some of their talent but I just don't feel like that's going to be the right way you'd want to start a new regime I think like Mellon B Bergevin would have to go if Gordon was reintroduced or introduced rather and I feel like yeah, you want that French speaking that like that's the whole point of all of this is to have someone in that position who can communicate to both sides of the media. But mm-hmm. if they're going to do this properly, Gordon should come in and he should take his time and he should find the right candidate. He should be interviewing the candidates for the GM position who's going to work directly under him and who's going to be the voice of the team in many respects while he does a lot of the work behind the scenes. But Who do I want making decisions for the rest of the year? Jeff Gordon. So let him make the decisions on player personnel until and make the decision on the GM until he can work with that GM in tandem in the future here. If they just rush and get two people that haven't even worked together or haven't even spoken, haven't had the necessary conversations, just presented them and said, hey, this person will answer in English. This person will be able to answer in French. Like that's just not the way to start things off. Get Gordon in there. Get the previous regime out of there so you can make the decisions properly and take it slow because you've got nothing but time as the second to last place team, I believe, in the Atlantic division right now. So just get them in the doors and take it slow. That's probably the best way to go. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to kind of just have two people kind of smack together, but it is going to be really interesting to see uh, how that process goes. If, if, if Jeff Gordon, again, is introduced as president of hockey operations for the Montreal Canadiens, because it is still... And if at this moment in time, as we're recording, uh, but I am intrigued to see what candidates he might go with. There are the two big ones out there. We've repeated their names over and over. Uh, it's just Patrick Waugh, man. People suggested his name. We're not even going to entertain that. But like, yeah, I, I, I feel as if like, 
I don't want to say like I think I have a pretty good idea who I think it is. I think I I think I have a pretty good guess as to who it's going to end up being. But okay. I you don't want to share. Like, I here's the thing. I'm only saying it because of, I'm only I'm not saying it, but like I feel like I don't know. I I I have a pretty good guess. I I think. I mean, it's, I think it's down to those two guys that we mentioned in terms of Darsh and Madden. But I I think I. I really think they're going to end up with Matthew Darsh. There Here's we what. go. I, I think thought it was going to be with, Darsh. I thought it was going to be I, Darsh. I think it's going to be Darsh, man. If you can't, I think it was like this. If you can't get Julia Breezebois, you might as well get the guy next to him who also won those cups too. Not to mention Matthew Darsh. He also figured too about playing in Montreal and playing in those expectations. Uh, he was on that 2010 team, for example, who uh, w- that another miracle Montreal Canadiens team that made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals before falling to the Philadelphia Flyers in the third round. Like I, 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 that's what I think they'll end up doing. I think Martin Madden also makes a lot of sense considering the track record that he has in Anaheim, and he played a role in getting some of those young guys there. Not to say that Matthew Darsh doesn't have his qualifications too, but I think the fact that. If the, this is how I see it. If the Canadians can't get the best actual guy to run a general to run the franchise as a general manager in Julian Breezebois, why not get the next best thing in Matt Stewart Darsh, who seems like a competent guy? He went to McGill, so I guess that works. Yep, learning from Breezebois, who learned from Eiserman, who's considered one of the best in the game. I mean, that's the sort of lineage you probably want to poach from. And I feel like Darch and Gorton would le- work a lot better than Darch, or sorry, than Gorton and Patrick Waugh. I think there's going to be a little bit of a power struggle with anyone or any team <laughs> that uh, decides to bring in old Patrick Waugh. Let's Can we just, uh, just, just last thing ahead. on Patrick Waugh. Last thing I'll say about Patrick Waugh. I have no doubt if Patrick Waugh worked in any managerial position for the Montreal Canadiens, it would be the most fun thing. Just to It would just, be awesome. It would be hilarious. I want it to happen. I would love it to happen. A it would lot just of be chaos. Want it- we it's need Patrick Waugh in the league because he just makes it like if he was just running the Arizona Coyotes, harmless, fun, <laughs> like yes. it'd be great. Instead, oh, we got a guy I... who's just executing a perfect tear down and being terrible and, you know, yeah. enjoying what Scottsdale has to offer down there in Arizona while he does it. Uh, okay, let's get to right. two uh, on ice incidents, two incidents in which the quote unquote code has been breached. First, we have Brady Kachuk bit by Brendan Lemieux in a on-ice tussle on Saturday night. And then we have an incident between Brad Marchand and Artemi Panarin. Gloves literally off between, or at least a glove, off between those two as Panarin hucked his mitt at Marchand after Marchand apparently said some questionable, borderline offensive uh, things to Panarin. So... Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the, I mean, there's not much to say here. So okay. let's just, let's just, uh, you know, the Lemieux and Kachuk thing, pretty funny because Brady Kachuk went on a complete rant after the game in the penalty box was hilarious, his reaction, but his quote was amazing. And why no video? Like what's yeah. going on? Do we, th- th- no one was in the dressing room after except one reporter. Like we got yeah. the audio, but we didn't get any video. It would have been hilarious because you read the quote and you're like, okay, what tone? How did he say this? Like, this is so fascinating, right? But we, there is audio of it. And I listened to it this morning and I couldn't believe how like level-headed he was. He was just very calm and saying these things. And, and I just want to highlight a few. He yeah. said, he called Lemieux a complete brickhead, which is an amazing <laughs> comment and that he's got nothing <laughs> up there. So 
again, Brady Kachuk, hilarious, but he's saying this so calmly and so matter-of-factly, calling him a brickhead. But he also said, bad guy, bad player. How succinctly can you um, not, maybe not offend, but like how that's the most succinct way to call a hockey player's character into question. Bad guy, bad player. That's all you got to say. You're a bad guy, bad, yeah. bad player. That's the first way to get under the skin or to get at a hockey player and their, I guess, ego. And then he also said he's going to keep begging to be in the NHL, which almost tells me that he knows something like Lemieux's like a fringe guy who maybe gets helped along, whether it's his agency keeping him in the league or something like that. I feel like Brady's got some insight onto this player. And remember, this is the guy who's got the podcast with Tony D'Angelo, like bad guy, bad player, bad point of view, pretty much everything. You can check it off with Brendan Lemieux, who got exposed in a certain way by Brady Kachuk after you know, biting. I mean, that's, that's all you're telling on yourself if you bite anyone, but you know, Brady went in on him pretty good. Like, yes, he really did. But here's my whole thing. Like I just watching, like seeing Brady after the fact point at his hand with the bite marks and seeing the comments, like, I don't even think we need to, like, I think just focusing on the on ice hockey stuff isn't even enough when we have to talk about Brendan Lemieux. We have a thing in Caribbean culture, a term called brought up seat. Where, you know, it's like home training. Like, like I know firsthand from my family and growing up there, I don't need to go around biting people. I'm sure in your <laughs> house growing up, you don't need to know that. Like, 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 like uh, uh, Brady made the point that even little kids don't do that. So why are you a grown man going around biting people to make your point that you're tougher than another guy? That's, that, that's, that's beyond like hockey antics that is bad home training whoever taught you to do that i have questions seriously i don't know if we need to call like cps but like i have questions about how you were raised to get to a point where you're getting bit you're biting people as a grown man i have genuine questions about that and i see that uh, he'll have an in-person hearing with the national hockey league that was announced this morning i hope the national hockey league disciplines this dude because this is gross. It's absolutely gross and disgusting. Like, I, I hope I don't want, I mean, I don't want to go to like throw the book at him, but like, show he's going to get at least five games in person. Come on. Come on. Like, for biting somebody. Can the you NHL, imagine? A, seriously. The NHL must have got better video because, like, I'm watching the video. I assume what happened. I don't think Brady Kachuk's making this up. He's actually like one of the, not one of the few, but like, I take Brady Kachuk at his word. Like, there's just, I feel like he's earned that. Um, his hand. You but see I didn't the see mark it. on his hand. You do see a mark on his hand, but I didn't see the actual bite. But I think the NHL must have had some sort of view where they actually saw teeth on Brady Kachuk's hand because they are not, you know, they're not wasting any time. Five game suspension minimum for this. Um, and if you are biting someone, you, you know, you deserve to, yeah, you deserve actually to get the book thrown at you a little bit because that is one of the, more offside things in terms of like on ice disciplinary conduct. Um, Is but he I love not vaccinated either. I think he did because I think we got down to one player, right? Bertuzzi. Oh, okay. With Blackwood. Okay. If, cause if I he mean, wasn't, cause if he wasn't, then that is a whole other thing in itself. As far as I'm concerned, if he's not vaccinated, he's doing that. That yeah, is, yeah. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. That's, that's well disgusting. But, 
Brady saying that he's begging to be in the NHL, if he decided not to get vaccinated, yeah, the excuse to get rid of him would have been so easy. He'd be on... Like who was the guy from the Islanders, Bodie Wild, who was on the first flight to Sweden after he's <laughs> like he would be on the first flight to Europe if uh, he decided not to get vaccinated, even though we can probably assume that it was against his uh, worldviews. But anyway, yeah. um, it's interesting to segue from a bite to Marchand because Brad Marchand has done some biting in his day, I believe in the 2011 Cup final, a little bite on maybe Lucic or Bieksa, if my memory serves me correct. Was it but, Burroughs? You know, it was Burroughs. Was it Burroughs, it was Burroughs or did Burroughs bite? I think it was because there's a there's like a photo like going around. It was a bite and then was, a bite back? Yeah, something like that. I think both of them got into it. That's just the stuff. Uh, like, I, apolo- I apologize what? to Marshawn if he didn't bite anyone, but I believe there was a bite involved. And if you start licking people after, like in the time between it, like, you know, lose the benefit it's of the doubt. It's not sanitary. I, it's gross. It's, it's disgusting. Gross. One thing that we have to learn from this pandemic, as bad as it's been, there have been no real great times from COVID, but I hope people understand that people licking and biting, uh, unsolicited biting or whatever you want to do for anybody that is not your partner, don't be doing any of that shit. Like, it's not cute. It's not sanitary. It's gross. The lick on Leo Komarov was what that's honestly one of the wildest things that is like that is so ridiculous it's gross I, I wish we were doing this podcast when he licked Leo Komarov that would have been <laughs> a lot of fun uh to discuss no that. home training fab just just no I, I look I look when we're both like parents I hope we have the fortitude does to tell I hope we don't have to get to that point where we have to tell our children do not bite other people you know what I'm saying like it, it, it should just be natural but you know what like, I'm going to have to get the handbook from you when, when that day comes. Uh, just for so me? I, yeah, I'm a, no, you, what, what did you mention? What was the name for it? Uh, Bratupsy. <laughs> Bratupsy. Is there like a handbook? Is there something that I can like reference? Ah, uh, bro, this is a school of <laughs> Or is it just a way of life? It's unspoken. It's, it's no, unspoken it's that you shouldn't be fighting people. Life. It's also unspoken that you shouldn't be... Uh, I mean, you, you got to be careful with your trash talk, right? So this... Panarin Marchand incident. Apparently, I don't know if it's xenophobic. I don't know exactly what was said. It's kind of, there's a bit murky. It's a bit of a gray area. I don't want to make too mm-hmm. many judgments on it. But trash talk, okay, what's effective? What's the mark of a successful agitator? You're finding something that's going to trigger the target, right? And if you're mm-hmm. Brad Marchand and you're trying to trigger Artemi Panarin, you're looking for something sensitive. And the something sensitive would be the fact that he doesn't have the rosiest relationship with his homeland based on his views and his different worldview than the current regime. Now, we're not going to get too far into it, but we know Panarin's background and, and, and you know, he, he left the Rangers for a couple days or weeks after he was accused. Um, what was it exactly accused of? But after he came remember. under fire. Oh, he was accused of... Uh, an incident with a with a woman, either yeah. um, an assault or something that happened back in his younger days. I believe he was absolved from all of that, and it was a a plot or a ploy that was presented based on the fact that he disagreed with openly the Russian government and Putin and all that. Don't have to get into all that, but Marshan saying something about that relationship, that frayed relationship. I mean, there is. Like, that's how you're going to get to Panarin. If he said something like truly awful and gone past the line, sure. But saying something like, oh, they hate you at home. I mean, that's not too bad. It's not like 
the worst thing in the world. So I don't know exactly what was said. Is it an agitator perfectly agitating or is it an agitator who went too far and has gone too far before previous be, previously by licking and now by saying something that would have crossed the line? I, what I want to know is, is if it's so bad, like I wonder how bad it was that you want to throw your glove. Like, and maybe if this was a different player, they would be the ones to like hop off the bench and try to skate over and make something happen. And I mean, it's not out of the realm when you look realm of possibility, when you look through the history of the national hockey league for someone to do that. But I, I thought the idea, I, I, this was before I, I realized, okay, there were the comments were of the nature that they are, but I kind of wondered when Artemi Panarin threw that glove, I was like, why haven't more NHL players done this? Like, this seems like kind of <laughs> like a really interesting way to get back at somebody. And if there's one guy who probably would have gotten a couple gloves thrown at him, Brad Marchand definitely fits that type. Yeah, it seems like a pretty weird thing. Uh, but uh, Artemi Panarin seemed to have take seems to have you know taken that whole thing in stride. And uh, the whole fine thing after that, I don't know, I don't know if you saw his comment after where he said. Uh, like the 5K got gone, the 5K, but because of the old GM, he's making all this money and he's mm-hmm. able to pay that fine. Guess who his old GM was? Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon. Pretty good signing. Comes, A lot of money, but pretty good signing. Comes back to Jeff Gordon. Uh, yeah, so I, I thought it was kind of funny when in, when I initially saw that. And then I see the comments coming after. I'm like, mm, okay, this is... A little dicey and some territory i'm probably not going to wade my toe in but uh yeah i, I think uh bradley Barchon probably put himself in a position where he's going to get a glove thrown at him and i mean if it was somebody else he tried to do that to ryan reeves i think it would have been a little bit more than a glove yeah i mean i i guess why i'm hesitant is because panarin was clearly pretty upset by the comments oh yeah uh, and I, I get it would be a sensitive topic um i get it could be perceived as you know, I don't know exactly what was said, but it could be perceived as worse than it really was. Who knows what exactly was said? Um, but I believe they had mics down there. So if Marshawn said something truly awful, I think it would have been picked up by the NHL. Yeah. And if it was, you know, simple, you know, not that kind of harmless stuff, and he threw a glove because he was mad, it's pretty funny as well. So uh yeah, I'm 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 just we'll just say I'm glad nothing else came of it other than the fine and the explanation from i'm with you there another big news topic or news item this week was matt murray being placed on waivers by the ottawa senators senators giving up on him less than two years after signing him to a four-year 25 million dollar contract honestly this has been an unmitigated disaster in terms of free agent signings uh actually it was a it was a trade and i believe an extension right away Mm -hmm. but only 10 wins from 33 appearances for him. Only 33 appearances so far uh, with an 892 save percentage and one of the worst goals saved above average marks in the entire NHL. We had Darren Dreger tweeting about COVID being an issue with him, which seems like it was fed from an agent who is trying to make an excuse or trying to provide an explanation for why Matt Murray has not performed well. But the fact of the matter is he was performing poorly before he ever got COVID. Now, I hope that there's not something, you know, that he's not dealing with serious after effects of COVID. You never want anyone to deal with that. And there are a lot of NHL players apparently dealing with that. Some have had to move on from the game because of their bouts with COVID. Um, But this was a disaster before then. Um, Certainly a mistake by the Ottawa Senators. But I do find that the, the decision to give up on him is sort of strange. Like, 
I don't think it's just a performance thing because of that decision. I feel like there's some serious underlying issues, maybe some serious distrust between the organization and the goaltender. We've heard stories of him, you know, saying he's not ready to play when all indications are that he should be ready to play. So I feel like that relationship just frayed and this is probably the right thing to do because if it wasn't something else, why not just couch him? This was a major investment put him on IR, let him get healthy, let him get right mentally if he needs to do that, and then hopefully he can still give you some value on that contract down the stretch. To me, just getting rid of him suggests that this is a relationship problem between the Senators and Murray, and it's just not going to work, and it's untenable, and they had to make this decision rather because of that. Yeah, this is this does look a little strange to me too. Uh, this is a guy you're absolutely right with the COVID thing. This is a guy who was not playing up to par well before COVID was a thing. Um, I wonder if it is just either a relationship thing or just something going on with him uh, that could be happening behind the scenes. I really do not know when it comes to Matt Murray, but I, it, it's gonna go it's gonna go down as an L for the Ottawa Senators on that front. Already a season where. They are, they remember at the beginning of the year, they said, we're done rebuilding. Now's the time to win games. They're not doing too much of that right now. So the fact that Matt Murray has not been able to play up to the level they expect him to play, especially when he's with the Pittsburgh Penguins winning all those Stanley Cups, we forget like Matt Murray at one point was being looked at as like one of the best young goalies in the game. Uh, I think it was Kelly Rudy uh, on uh, Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday who said when he saw him for the first time, he said that was like the best young goalie he had ever seen in his life. Like there was a lot riding on Matt Murray Mm -hmm. and the fact that he was going to Ottawa was supposed to be a fresh new start for him. Uh, Now I wonder, but the fact that he's, you know, in the position that he's in right now, I don't know if another NHL team is going to be willing to give him that start. He might have to just resurrect his career in the American hockey league, try to get some great starts, get his groove back, just take the time for himself just to get his mind right. And then, uh, maybe he gets a chance again. It's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't remember how old Matt Murray is, but this is a guy, a young who, guy. Yeah. Like if he was like up there in his career, I'd imagine maybe it's time for him to hang it up, but like, he's still young. If he gets himself, uh, if he shows some promise in the American hockey league, that might be his last chance. But if he shows some promise there, maybe an NHL team comes calling, but if not, he might find himself being a journeyman minor league goalie for probably the rest of his pro days. Yeah, it seems like punishment if he's suddenly riding buses. It seems like uh, if he's truly dealing with COVID issues and they're just like, hey, go ride the bus and play games and we're not really worried about your health. I mean, that seems sort of callous too. So this is definitely something to watch. I don't think there's going to be any takers. Still two plus years left on that deal. I wonder if he can be a rehabilitation project for someone or some team when that contract is done. But as long as he's making six plus million dollars, and he doesn't have this relationship with the, the Ottawa Senators anymore. Uh, I feel like it's he's going to be in the situa- situation where he's not playing or he's playing in the minor leagues. And clearly that's a significant fall from grace and a quite the, the, quite the downturn on what's been a bit of a strange and unique trajectory in terms of NHL goaltender mm-hmm. having so much success and then falling a bit off this cliff. Um, last topic, the Islanders are kind of mirroring Matt Murray right now. Um, in the fact that their season has sort of been derailed here and COVID is also an issue with them. They're going to have two games postponed uh, this week because of a COVID outbreak. This has been 
an issue for a while. It's been an American Hockey League team really for a couple weeks here. Mm-hmm. But like Murray, they were brutal before that. So if you want to use that excuse, you are just excusing the last few weeks here and when COVID first became an issue, when really there have been problems on Long Island from the very start of the year. What you can say, I think, with certainty is that this was, an NA, this was a Stanley Cup contender, at least in the eyes of many coming in. And now COVID appearing now after they've dug themselves this hole, I feel like this could be the, the nail in the coffin here for the Islanders this season because I just don't think they can climb out of this in time uh, with so many teams ahead of them, falling behind in the points race, and now just trying to get up to speed again once they all get some negative tests, hopefully next week, just start playing again. Like this is going to be impossible, I think, to overcome. The one excuse I guess you can give the Islanders is that the fact that they played like their first 13 games away from home. Mm-hmm. And I still thought with the record that they had after all that, they could still, if they if everything went to plan in those home games, and of course COVID not being the problem, maybe they could put themselves back at a point where they can get back. And I truly believe that. But with COVID, I think those chances of that are just kind of like taking a back seat, I guess. So I, I think the Islanders, I'll tell you this, if Barry Trotz and the Islanders, they find a way to make it work where they're able to dig themselves out of the hole and put themselves in a position where they can make the playoffs, give the Jack Adams trophy to Barry Trotz right away. Take it away from Dallas Akins, give it to Barry Trotz because that would be an amazing coaching job to get your guys up to speed. And I understand that the talent they have, but they essentially uh, are giving the rest of the rest of the league a head start with the way that COVID has dealt with them and the way that their start of the season has gone. Yeah, it's been tough. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if Barry Trotz, Barry Trotz is the guy, if anyone's going to be uh, pulling them out of this, uh, you'd, you'd want to task Barry Trotz. With there are worse coaches to have. His record definitely speaks for itself. Uh, let's move on to the tire pumps. It's where we bestow praise on anyone and anything. And I'm going to start with Joe Wall of the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, bit of a cherry pick, perhaps, but 3-0 and with a 9.39 and a shutout this year in three starts. Very shaky at the start, and that's that Buffalo game where he made his debut. Uh, he looked like a deer in headlights, but he managed to get the W. And then three games later, Friday night, a very comfortable, calm, and impressive win over the San Jose Sharks where he looked really, really good. I was never confident that he was going to make it at this level. I'm still not sure he's the backup for the future for the Maple Leafs, but what he's doing now is provided the Leafs with something they've been missing in recent seasons, which is a goaltender giving them the chance to win without their number one or number two option. So while I can, because I may not ever get this chance again, I will pump the tires of Joseph Wall. I'm going to pump the tires of one Jordan Eberle, who played his 800th career NHL game yesterday, scored twice uh, for the Seattle Kraken uh, against the Florida Panthers. Uh, one, uh, congratulations to Jordan Eberle on playing 800 games. Two, how the hell has Jordan Eberle already played 800 NHL games? It felt like yesterday he scored that amazing toe drag goal to start off his NHL career. And that was back in the days when they had all those young players in Edmonton. How is it that that was like, what, like 2013, like 2012? I mean, to like, quote Gord Miller, can you believe it? Uh, I, I remember watching him play when he was World Juniors. That I mean, it seems like a long time ago, but it also doesn't. Like, it's, it's you know, time losing meaning, COVID and everything right now. But, you know, this guy has been front and center, it seems, for a while. But also 800 games, it's pretty crazy. 
That's ridiculous. Not to mention, there was obviously that moment in Ottawa, but people forget about the moment the year after against the United States where the Canadians came all the way back and tied it and sent it to OT. They lost in that overtime against the States, but Jordan Eberle has been a part of some very magical moments for Hockey Canada over the last, I mean, not this decade, but obviously the last decade. But now the fact that he's at 800 NHL games, he seems to be doing pretty all right with his new team, the Seattle Kraken. Uh, pretty cool to see for a guy uh, who I still can't believe has come so far along in his career. Like this, that's the one thing that has made me feel old this week. But I also have to give him the tire pump. More and more things, Julian, over time will make you feel old. Uh, Jordan Eberle's one of them. There will be more. Just preparing you for it. Um, I'm not looking forward to it at all. <laughs> uh, zero, zero right now. Nil, nil, as they say, between Chelsea and Manchester United. So our bet still in the balance. I'm going to let you run to your television set because that's the end of the podcast. Again, Julian, thank you for joining us. This has been the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.